You're listening to the Soul Ties Podcast with Kenyon and Takara Martin, counselors and authors of Journey to Freedom, The Soul Ties Detox. We bring awareness to toxic relationships, promote singles' personal growth, and strengthen the dating experience. Here on the Soul Ties Podcast, we answer your emails, DMs, and live questions. So join us every week on Facebook Live where you can connect with us on air. Have a relationship question you want answered? Send us a direct message on Facebook Live or Instagram at AskTheMartins. Or you can visit us at AskTheMartins.com. Now, let's get into today's episode. Thank you guys so much for joining us. You know what it is. Um, But for anyone new who don't know what it is and you're just now plugging in, um, it's been a while. It has been a while, but let's let's go ahead and allow us to reintroduce ourselves. We are Kenyon and Takara Martin, counselors okay. and authors of Journey to Freedom, The Soul Ties Detox, as well as authors of the marriage book Covered for Couples. This is our podcast where we take time outside of our office hours and we answer your relationship questions, um, whether it's from you know our DMs on Facebook, our website, um, or on Instagram. We take the time to make sure that we can answer your questions because we feel like if one of you has a question, probably more than likely a hundred or even a thousand of you have that same question. So we dump on in and we answer all those questions for you here live. Absolutely. And then distribute it to our podcast. Podcast. Where is it, babe? It is on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher, um, as well as Spotify. Yep. We got all four of them locked down. That's how we do it. Okay. So before we get started, we know that we've been in a... Uh, everybody's been inside. We've been connecting. We've been yes. locked in, trying to stay safe, trying to stay healthy. But there are, we know that there are a lot of things that go on. We know that yep. there are a lot of moods that we go through. We know that sometimes there's some things that we can't take. We just go through some things. So what I want to give you two numbers here um, just to make sure that you're getting the proper help that you need out off the rip. The first one is the suicide prevention hotline. It's very important that you understand that you're valuable and that um there is no question about it that there is someone who can help touch you. And yep. you don't have to wait for us or anyone else or any talking head anywhere. You can call this number, 1-800-273-TALK. That's 1-800-273-8255. Another number is for those of you who are locked in um, toxic relationships and toxic homes, and you find yourself um, in a place where it's gotten worse or it's escalated. Listen, we don't want anything to happen to you. We want you to remain safe. If this is you, you want to dial 1-800-787-3244. That's the domestic abuse hotline. That's 1-800-787-3244. There you will find resources and someone who can talk you through maybe an opportunity to move or get somewhere where you can become safe. Is that right? That is absolutely right. Do you mind if, if they need someone to talk to for other things? Okay. If I mention it, um, if you need someone to talk to, either just you have a problem that you want answered and you don't want to wait till the podcast. Another service that we do have is also called um, it's called our chat cafe where we help you solve uh, simple problems um, via chat on our website. So if you go to askthemartins.com and you want to schedule an appointment with us there, um, feel free to do so. Now, this is not anything that's dealing with mental health, so it can't be something where it's mental health related. We do not have the resources to help you there. But if you want to talk to a problem, you have something going on and you just want to know like, hey, I want to make sure 
here is not just me, go ahead, hit AskTheMartins.com and click on the tab that says work with us and you'll be able to schedule an appointment. Absolutely. You can schedule an appointment just to check or um, or actually have to have a virtual appointment yes, uh, video. Via, via video or telephone call. Okay. Now let's go ahead and lay out these room rules. It's been a while. We want to make sure you still know them. The first rule is this is a safe place. People write us. They come to us because they know that they're not judged. Everyone has a situation that they're going through. All of us go through failures and successes in life. And so this must be a safe place for them. And in order to make this, this a safe place, you must be safe mm -hmm. as well. That leads us to rule number two is whenever you respond, respond with kindness and compassion. Hey, it doesn't matter how much you know. And um, what matters is how much you care. Yes. You can say the right thing the wrong way and be destructive to a person's soul and heart. And then number three, if you're on the receiving end of any kind of um, instruction or direction or what have you, make sure that your heart is open and pliable to any correction. Listen, it's hard to be told or it's hard to be um, corrected mm -hmm. or guided in a way that we thought that was not for us. Sometimes our answers don't look like what we want them to look like. Make sure your heart is open to what's being said. Yes. And then maybe you'll receive it and have a new revelation for the rest of your life. All right. Yep. Or for the rest of your relationship, whatever you write us about or whatever you're thinking about. All right. Yes. You ready to go into our first uh, our, our letter? I am ready to go into our letter. I'll jump right on in. Um, of course, it comes directly from our DMs and it says, hello, Kenyon and Takara. I've been following you guys for a long time. I am writing to you guys because I have these issues going on in my relationship. Mm -hmm. My husband and I have been together for seven years and married for almost four. We have two biological children together and one from a previous relationship. He's a great father to all the kids. We had a great relationship. However, majority of these seven years have been long distance. He's in Australia and I have lived in Canada. So we have been going back and forth for a long time till last year, December, when I relocated to Australia with my children. So here's the problem. In 2017, I found out he was cheating on me. He was in that relationship for about nine months. He came to Canada to visit and he stayed longer than expected based on what he told the other girl. So this girl searched me up on Facebook and told me about the relationship she had with my husband. And she wants to know if we ever broke up. I was so broken and I was ready to leave the marriage, but he begged me to stay and that he was going to change. I trusted him and I stayed. Mm. In 2018, I found some pictures on his phone of him and another female. They were cuddling, hugging, and a lot going on. I confronted him about it, and he told me nothing was going on. It was just the picture, and that's that. I should trust him, and he would never repeat the same mistake he did the previous year. Mm. I let that go. Again, in 2019, there was another female he was communicating with in a different country. The video, they video called each other every single day, a few times a day. When I confronted him about it, he said they were only friends and nothing was going on. And that person knows he's married and he has children. The girl wants him to find her someone to marry so she could come to Australia. <laughs> what bothered me mm. was that he was deleting conversations between them. 
Since then, our relationship has not been the same. He's not affectionate towards me. It's been two months. He hasn't touched me or kissed me. He's been so cold towards me because I have realized that the only time he does touch me is when he wants to have sex. To be honest, I think I have became insecure about myself and I can't help but think about all these things that he did and it makes me so unhappy. My trust has just been my trust has just been thrown out the window mm. and I'm not so sure if I want to stay in this marriage anymore. He does so little to gain my trust and to put things back to normal again. I left my family and friends and my peace to be with this man. And I am here now feeling lonely and insecure. I also gain weight and that adds up to my insecurities. I feel like I'm not enough and I'm not worth to worthy to be loved. I let go of my house, my furniture, basically everything I had is gone. I feel like I made a really big mistake moving to Australia. My fear is that if I leave, where, where will I begin? As a Christian woman, I pray every day that God will give me a peace of mind and change the heart, change and a change of heart, but I am hurting. Now I want to know, am I just being paranoid? Should I just let things go and put effort on fixing things? Should I just walk away? Or is this something that we can work on and make work? I have all these questions in my head. Please, I need help. Thank you so much in advance. Okay. So wow. let me make sure if, if, I, if I got this right, correct me if I'm wrong. They yeah. were married. They've been married. They've been together for seven years and married almost four. Four, yes. Okay. And so they're married almost four. They, have, they already have children or a child. Yep. And the the sh they she did not move uh, to Australia until last year. Last year, uh, twenty seventeen. It looks. Like. Um. However, seven years has long. He's in Australia, and I have lived in Canada. Uh, December last okay, year. December of last year. So that was in two thousand eighteen. So, so that's so that's the mid uh, between two thousand seventeen and two thousand eighteen. Okay. Right. Okay, and then previous to that, they had already been together. So we would say what about that? That's a lot of years. It's okay. a lot. Don't ask me no math. Okay, so let's go ahead and touch base on those questions real quick because I want to answer her questions. Yeah, but I want to an answer them in the right way that helps rather than hinders because it's so easy to answer questions just to throw it out there, right? Of course. So the first question is, am I being paranoid? Then it's, should I just let things go and put effort on fixing them mm -hmm. or fixing things? Or should I just walk away? Or is this something we can work on and make work? Um, Takara, I don't know about you, but uh, before we begin answering these questions, I think she there needs to be a... I think there needs to be a readjustment of her mentality about yes. who she is in this whole situation. Absolutely. In so many of these situations, we see the if I, then we mm -hmm. calculation where a uh, whoever um, is being hurt, whoever's in trouble, whoever's feeling the angst of the situation and they keep running head on to it, they are made to feel in some way like they're the problem. Absolutely. If I act this way, then maybe we can be happy. If I do this, if I let this go, if I, if I, if I, then we could be happy. You see what I'm? You see where I'm going with that? Absolutely. And she also obviously mentioned, you know, her insecurity now about her weight gain. So that's right. another thing. So that now that I've gained weight, because I've gained weight, it's making him do this too. Right. And so 
one way or the other, whichever way you're looking at it, you're taking on the responsibility of their behavior, thinking that you can create something, manifest something, work your way into them acting right. Absolutely. That's the problem because that what's, that's what leads to low self-esteem. If I make myself accountable for their behavior, uh-huh. then after their behavior has failed me, I have failed them and right. I have failed myself. Right. So now I'm living in low self-esteem. Self-criticism, depression, anxiety, and fear about what they're going to do next. And I'm fearing a loss, meaning that I'm fearing everything that I've invested, I'm going to lose. All my love, I'm going to lose. Right. And I'm actually, and I may lose face for all the, from all the people whom I left in order to make this huge move. Does that make sense? Yes. And he is not losing not one wink of sleep. Like he is doing his life and living his best life still while she's losing sleep. <laughs> Right. Absolutely. And and that's I think this is where um, this is where I want her to focus, because the idea is, is that if she continues to try to empathize, right, try to correct him, try to be better for him or try to be enough for him or try to work on this and let it go so it doesn't come between them. Will he change? Will right. he draw her closer? Will he do this? Will he do that? And I think that's the that's the um, that that's where a, a victim of a situation has a sort of um, if I could attach anything to a sort of a Stockholm syndrome. Oh yeah, in a sense where they empathize with the person who is already mistreating them to the point where they actually understand why that person right. does it, or they give them reasoning for it does does that make sense perfect sense perfect sense okay so i wanted to start right there um um if we answer the questions out the out the gate it doesn't pull her out of the quicksand of how she feels about herself and so i think it goes back to what you said just a little bit ago understanding that she cannot be responsible for his behavior right and she can't she can't believe his behavior about her you see what that means? Do not believe their behavior about you. Right. Absolutely. Period. Done. Absolutely. So the idea is, is that if this is his behavior, then the very first thing before we answer any of these questions is we got to identify his behavior, locate his behavior, and then to dis, dis, um, uh, detach. Detach, yeah. Detach her Mm-hmm. from that behavior right and while it's usually harder to do and complete in whole houses because this was long distance she wasn't there so there's nothing there There was a period of time where she was not there period point blank which means which makes it no 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 what i'm saying is no, no, it no. makes it easier to detach her from his, his behavior sometimes it could get mucked up by them living together and then he feels a certain kind of way about her and you know maybe she's not you, you understand what i'm saying all the excuses for bad behavior right, right. or bad character um but what i'm saying is it's, it's a lot easier now to detach her from his behavior because there's a period of time where she wasn't even there so everything all of this is on, is him. on him. Right. Absolutely. And, and this is, and, and honestly, this is who he was when you married him. I have, I have very little, <laughs> I, I believe at like very little that he was not exhibiting behavior that demonstrated who he was before you got married. Being together for, for seven years and dating someone for, you were, you were together at least three years mm-hmm. before you got married. 
I would venture to say that either he was long distance at that time. He or, was, yes. Or um, he was gone a lot during the time you were dating that, uh, that gave him alibis to be away from you when you were dating. What was going on in the dating process? Were there behaviors that you ignored? Were there other relationships that you just swept under the rug because we wanted to be married and I thought he was going to change? What was going on that told you before you got married that this person was worthy of your trust and everything that you were pouring into to be able to even say, I'm going to trust you enough to be long distance in a marriage with you? He's he's good at it. I, right. I have a hard it's time. It's obvious because he's talking to other people who aren't even in the same country. Right. I have a hard Exactly. You and, and to be completely honest with you, I'm going to tell you this. Um, this is this is the people in my family. I have family members who have dealt with this type of behavior. Uh -huh. And it's very easy when you have people in the military, people who work overseas, people who travel a lot and anything. It is easy for them to detach themselves from the commitment of you because they don't have any accountability. And as long as I can stay moving, I don't have accountability in one place for a long period of time. I only have to be this way for a certain amount of time before I can jump over here and be that for somebody else. That has nothing to do with you as an individual other than what did I miss before we got here? Absolutely. So with that being said, let's go ahead and look directly at his behavior. Let's itemize this thing, right? Let's do so it. that we can I'm make sure that we see <laughs> so that we can make sure that we see what is not you. Yes. In 2017, he cheated. Now, that's when we found out we don't we know that that relationship was a lot longer than that. Because he made he, it was long enough for him to begin to make promises. All right? right. So in 2017, he cheated. When he was found out, his words were he was sorry and his but his actions were contrary. Okay. Why do we know this? Because in 2018, another year, he demonstrated the same patterns of the cheater, um, and uh, offering his attention to someone else. There at this point, there was no apologies and there was no denial or reasoning. Uh -huh. Does that make sense? Yeah. Go ahead. Going. No, no, no. I'm going to let you finish. Because okay. You're building your case. In 2019, he demonstrated yet again the same pattern, even at the point of deleting texts. So if he, he's saying this is not something serious, his past has shown things that have looked conspicuous. And now not only is he saying this is not serious, once again, he's deleting text. This time he is no longer sorry and he makes it okay for him to do. Mm -hmm. Now, in 2020, he has increased his distance with you. We don't know what he's doing. There was no report on that. Um, but what we do know is that he, decreased, he, he increases distance with you. He doesn't show that he's trustworthy, and that's when she said he doesn't, he doesn't even try to uh -huh. show that he can be trusted. Uh, he doesn't act attracted to you, uh, and he only touches you for sex, and he shows no quantifiable interest in you other than that you're there for when he needs you. Yes, ma'am. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the pattern of behavior of someone who was never made to... Uh, observe consequences for their bad behavior in the beginning of them messing up. Yes. And when when you're married and you find out that someone has been unfaithful to you, you are 150% well within your right to walk away from that marriage right then and there. It is within your rights. But if you decide to stay in that relationship, you cannot stay in, under the under the uh, guys that if I, I'm staying and so if I stay because I'm staying it means he's like he's gonna change like mm -hmm. he he said he was sorry so that means I'm that he's gonna change 
a lot of times what happens is we stay in relationships after there has been infidelity and we bear all the responsibility of that infidelity and then we bear the responsibility of repairing the relationship. And so, am I, am I jumping ahead. ahead? And so typically when you go ahead and go along and do not, you don't make them pay, but actually show them observing the consequences of, of showing you that they're sorry, showing you that they are repentant of what they've done and actually walking that out with evidence and you just rush right back into that relationship, this statement of facts is what happens. Okay. And so with that being the case, what we know is right now is we know his behavior has shown that he's habitual, yep. that's, that he's cyclical and repetitive, and that this is his behavior. I think that's a very important thing. Because when you start realizing that this belongs to him, you understand what does not belong to you. So when we move down to your first question is, am I being paranoid? Absolutely not. No. Paranoid or paranoia is fear. You are afraid of his behavior. You are afraid of how he acts. You are afraid of him leaving you unsafe and leaving you for someone else consistently on and on and on. You have a right to fear. You have a right to question. And you have the right to hold him accountable to his behavior. Make sense? Yes. Number two, should I let things go and put an effort on fixing things? Should I, should I just let things go and put effort on fixing things? Here's the thing. Um, I'll put it this way. I, I had it mixed up a little bit, little bit different here, but first of all, you can't let things go. And I'm not saying holding a grudge. I'm not saying you f don't forgive and forget. But what I am saying is that there is an elephant in the room. That elephant is his behavior. If you decide or determine that you're going to stay there with him and his behavior, to just let things go is to just allow him or just to uh, allow him to continue to be who he is without the consequence. Right. What you have to do is if you decided to be and stay or maintain this relationship, there is an accountability to you as a wife that he as a husband must make. And so you must hold him accountable. What that means is, is that he must uh, demonstrate that he's trustworthy, just like you've been looking for, just like you've been trying to say, he's not showing me that he can be trusted. Now he's d deleting things or he's doing this or that or the other. You have every right to, to, identify these are the things that I need to see in order to continue to stay here. That That's number one. So no, you don't let things go. You use things as a standard, a level. I don't want you here. I want you here in order to be my husband because this is where a husband functions, not here. Does mm -hmm. that make sense? Yes. And then do you just put all of your effort into fixing things? Well, here's the thing. <laughs> what needs to be fixed? What needs to be fixed now? I will grant it. We don't know the entire uh, story. We always know that there's three sides to every story. Her side, his side, and then the right side, mm -hmm. right? So we understand that. But based upon the information that we've been given, what needs to be fixed, at least at this juncture, is that particular behavior. So you must agree with him in order for him to make an effort. And then once he make an effort, you can make a conjunctive effort to actually support that behavior. Meaning that if he's gonna to try to be trusted, then you're gonna to have to trust him. If he's gonna to try to act trustworthy, then you're gonna to have to be willing to trust him. Mm -hmm. And then you guys have to walk it out together. 
dropping it and just throwing it down and just saying, maybe it's just me. Maybe yeah, if I no. just push it far away and I act like I don't feel it, I sweep it under the rug. That's not the answer because it will always come back to bite you in the rear. The real answer is let's fix this and let's fix us right now. Yes, ma'am. And I also think as, as people of faith, we've misconstrued what really forgive and forget means. Forgive and forget does not mean I forgive you and I just throw it away. Jesus is the only one that throws it away and remembers it no more into that sea. Us as you know why? Why? The reason why? <laughs> no, I'm just saying the reason why Jesus or God doesn't have to remember it no more is because they don't have anything else to learn. Ooh, you see what I'm saying? Yes. If Go somebody hit me, <laughs> I'm just saying. If somebody hit me, I just want I just want you to. I want you to finish. Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna let you finish. I may not have no, to. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, 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 no. But what I am saying is, is that if I get hit, mm -hmm. then I may forgive the person who hit me, but I'm gonna duck the next time. That's why. Because I remember what they did previously. Thank you. You see what I'm saying? Go ahead. Yes. And 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 I mean, really, he just said what I was gonna say. Forgive and forget does not does not really apply to us when somebody has wronged us and damaged us. And I'm sorry, infidelity is traumatizing. When someone has traumatized us to this degree, I owe it to myself to not forget what you've done. Mm -hmm. Forgive and forget simply means that I'm going to forgive you and I'm not going to perpetually hold it against you and beat you over the head with what you did. Right. But your transgression, what you did for me is going to inform how I operate around you moving forward. And it should inform how you operate around me moving forward. If I am going to forgive you, that means that you are going to completely change your behavior so I don't have to flinch with how you're going to treat me later on. Otherwise, we have no purpose and no reason in being here. Hey, man, you said it better than I did. So I'm glad you kept going. No, baby, Keep that's going. a <laughs> No, 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 that was a fantastic point. So the next place is, should I just walk away or is this something that we can work on and make it work? Well, let's break this down. First of all, should I just walk away? Only you can walk away. Right. We can't tell you to end a marriage. We wouldn't tell you to end a marriage. We're not going to usher you into a divorce. However, Amen. if you're looking for permission, because a lot of people know, there's a lot of people who are sitting in situations that they know is not right for them, married mm -hmm. or unmarried, and they're looking for somebody to tell them what they already know. The problem is, is that all the investment that they've given, they're scared to walk away from, and they want, to, they want someone to tell them that it's going to be okay, that they're not going to be judged, and that there's a way back from this. Right. It's going to be okay. You're not going to be judged. And there's a way back from this. Right. You have the, Takara already said, you have the perfect open right to walk away as you understand that there was already cheating anyway. And there's con a consistent behavior of that. So that choice is certainly up to you, but we've already given you the foundation to make sure that once you make that choice, you understand that you will be safe in that choice, especially mm -hmm. as a Christian. Can you make it work? That's the second question, uh, part of that question. And no, you can't make it work. Boom. You can't make it work. Listen, I'm gonna, let me tell, let me say this. There's a lot, I, I love, uh, more, women talk to us more than men. And, and, but when men talk to us, they come from a different, they come from a different, different perspective. Men come to us and say, how can I make this work, right? 
Mm-hmm. Um, and it's usually after they have already messed up enough to lose everything. Right. And, uh, and it's like, listen, you're going to have to, we, we, we guide them in that direction. Um, when women come to us, they say, um, can I make this work? Yes. And the answer to that, the answer to both, when all is, is laid down, you can't make anything be what it is not. You can't make it. Something working isn't made to work. It's built to work. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yes, absolutely. You can't make anything work. And and, and it's unfortunate because women, I, f- I feel like women, men come to us when they're totally broken down. Women come to us when they're carrying the weight of something that they don't need to come, that they don't need to carry anymore. They come to us carrying the weight of the bad behavior that has gone on around them. And then they just, they, how can I dismiss this basically and make it work? How can I let them be who they are? How can I let them be who I don't want? And how can I live within that? That's what they're, they keep asking. And the answer is you can't. You, you can't. It's cognitive dissonance. How can, you want some, how can you want somebody that you don't want? Right. It doesn't make any sense. You can't make it work. It's not your work to make. It's for him to build or rebuild, and it's for you to heal within that. Once you do that, working is automatic. Work happens like a clock. It works automatic. When the pieces don't fit, when the behavior doesn't fit, when the husband doesn't act like a husband or the wife doesn't act like a wife, then guess what? It's not working. Make sense? God gave us dominion over everything in the earth except for the will of another person. Exactly. Oh, everything, that's good. everything God gave us the will over. He never gave us the will and the power to transform another person. And when you consider that, you have to sit back and ask yourself, okay, if I'm saying I can make this work, if I'm saying I can stay here in this, under the current set of circum the current set of circumstances that I am now sitting and living in, everything you're dealing with, his secrecy, his infidelity, your insecurity, you're not feeling like you're enough. Under these current conditions, am I able to try to make this work? And is it likely that he is going to put in the same amount of effort as me in this situation? These are the questions you need to be asking yourself. Whatever we say to anything prior to this is irrelevant when it comes down to what you can handle as an individual, as a beautiful individual and child of God. What is it that you can endure any longer under these current circumstances? Because unfortunately, based on his track record over the last at least three to four years, he's not going to put in any effort, um, any more effort than he already has. Absolutely. And the hard thing about what you just said is that there's a lot of people, especially women, who believe they still have it in them to nurture him or carry him back to where mm. they want him to be when he's already demonstrated where he wants to be. And they stay because they say, I can endure. This is not long-suffering. This is not what long-suffering <laughs> is, This is not is, what long-suffering y'all. is. They say because I I can endure, I can take the beating, hopefully he gets tired. Mm. And that's not what it's for. Does that make sense? Say it one more time. Say it one more time. Hopefully I can take the beating and hopefully he gets tired. So what we're going to say with that is you can't make it work. Y'all can work together to work it out. He can rebuild it. You can heal in it. And y'all can become one. But it does take 
two uh, the effort of two people. Right. It takes a connective effort because if one person tries to carry this relationship, they're going to break their back and it's going to be hard for them to carry anything else for quite some time. Amen. Let's get, I think that that was it. That was it for that one. (laughs) That was it for that question. That was it. Dating, right? (laughs) It's either disappointing, we're tired of trying, or we're sick of the same old, same old. Same people, same lies, same games, same disappointments. Oh, listen, we get it. When Takara and I met, we were in the sick and tired or being sick and tired category too. But how did we get from there to here? Well, to be honest, we dated with clarity, intention, and strategy, a way in which we hadn't really dated before. We dated by design. This way of dating kept us from dating in fear, dating with false hopes, or dating out of our own thirst. Dating by design gave us the courage to not be so tied up in our attractions that we weren't willing to walk away when we needed to. And yes, that even meant from each other. So if you're sick and tired of being sick and tired, then you need to be dating by design too. We took the dating methods and strategies that we use with and for each other and combined them with our own coaching practice to bring you dating by design. Now, Dating by Design is an easy-to-follow course and guide that will help you to develop your own design to dating. Whether you're dating someone right now or getting ready to, this course will help you to learn how to evaluate whether where you are or are going is where you really want to be. It's so full of practical wisdom and direction that it ensures you'll never date the same again. So, check us out. Go to courses.askthemartins.com. That's courses.askthemartins.com to learn more about dating by design. And then we had another question that came through. Okay. Um, and it's actually a little a, silly questions. It's a dating. I'm sorry. It's, it's a dating question. It's, it's a, a dating, dating question. question. All right. All right. Um, and here we go. So we were asked this question on Instagram about um, celibacy um, oh. and dating. And someone said, basically, will a man wait for sex? Okay. And then does it mean that he's a bad guy if he doesn't wait for sex? Okay. So you know me. I'm a stickler for context. So I, I, I can I break this down just a little bit? Just a tad bit. Absolutely. The first question is not will a man wait for sex. It's can a man wait for sex? Well... Can a man wait for sex? Absolutely. There are men who do and have. A man can wait for sex. Now, let's go further. Will he wait for sex? We know that he can. Will he? Well, that's based that that's only based upon the character of the man that you're dealing with, the character of the man that you're talking to. So if you don't believe that he's going to wait for it, or if he doesn't show the character that he will, he probably won't. If you ask him and he said he doesn't want to, then he, he might not. We don't know. But here's the question. Will he wait with you? Well, this is the key right here. Will you allow him to stay in that same standard that you've already set for him? Mm-hmm. Now, if he steps outside of that with someone else, that's not on you. But if this is a if this is a real standard rather than just one of those tests that we like to put people through while we play in the game of dating, <laughs> um, if we if, if this is a real standard, 
then the idea is he has no choice but to wait regarding you. Does that make sense? Yes. Go ahead. And I think as women, when we ask this question, um, having been single before, you know, a while ago, um, as women, when we ask these questions, when we ask, does it make him a bad guy if he doesn't wait? I think as women, we're also internally saying, does it make me bad if I don't make him wait too? Because uh. a lot of women will ask that question and and do what they do with them, hoping and praying, speaking in tongues the next day that they are going to call them. Mm -hmm. um, and thinking that, okay, if I do this, does does not only does this make me a bad woman, but also does it make him see me in a negative light if I don't make him wait? And so if we don't make him wait, we're also thinking that perhaps if I do this, it will make him stay. Right. So, so, so there's so much wrapped up in that. So let's look at that. Does it mean he's a bad guy if he doesn't wait? Well, does it mean if he's a, he's a bad guy if he doesn't want to wait? No, baby, I don't want to wait. Absolutely not. Right. He can't. He's not a bad guy because he doesn't want to wait. You want him to find you attractive. You want him to salivate every time he sees you. You just don't want him to break down in character. If that is your standard, understand, again, is this a standard or is the dating game you're playing? Because mm -hmm. there's a lot of women who like to throw that out there just to see what he's going to say. Then later on, she had already made up her mind. She was going to give him some. Right. She had already. And, and, and women, you are sexual creatures, too. Don't act like you don't want none. So you get it as well. And so the idea is, is that it doesn't make him bad to not want to wait. It doesn't make you bad to not want to wait, not want him. And we're not going to call anything bad. We're not, we can't, we're not going to judge you in this thing. The idea is, is if this is your standard, you should not wait. Otherwise, why is it a standard? Why play the game? Why think about this? You understand what I'm saying? Absolutely. Don't, don't throw it up there and out there like, you know, like we're going to see what he does and then make him the culprit, make him the bad guy, mm -hmm. make him the person who messed it all up oh right. i can't be with because and, and this is another thing that i see a lot with women it may I, I don't see this with men i'll tell you why in a second but i see this a lot with women i got to think of him as bad to walk away yes i got to think of him as bad to reject him because i do find him already i find him attractive i think i want me uh -huh. that man uh-huh and so in order to push him away i gotta think of him bad you understand what I'm saying? yes but also then we use okay he had sex with me and he just walked away that makes him bad when also sometimes it's just the relationship wasn't a right fit and you rushed into sex with somebody you weren't supposed to like we like you said we have to turn them into a bad person and it all centers around sex and sometimes they're just not the right person for you and you happen to sleep with them too like right right yeah listen he don't have to be bad for it not to be the right person. Mm -hmm. That's it. That's it. And men don't have a problem with that because men just like, okay, I'm moving on. And, and, and we don't think bad of you. We don't think maybe we'll come back to you. That's just how men, that's just how we are. Yes. We'll just foul it away and be like, you know what, nah, not feeling it right now. That I think ain't there's for something me. else I got to go. Right. And, and men are not bad for thinking like that. I think women should think more like that. I think we should be more linear. I think not linear. I think we should be more discerning in what we desire, what we want, and what is right. Right. And, and I honestly think you should really respect the guy more when he says that's not for me and walks away understand that this particular type of, of mentality, this standard, 
nowadays, as much as we would love it to be, it's not as common as it used to be. It is not as common as it was when our parents were younger. And so if that's the case, understand you are going to be in a pool of people that really have to practice self-control. And we are in a, gen in a microwave generation where not many people have self-control anymore. Man, put that thing on one minute and you still snap your fingers because it ain't fast Like, enough. hey, come, hurry up, hurry up. What you doing? And so in that, value yourself enough to recognize when that person says they're not for you that's not that's not a ding against you that's not a negative thing against you that is something that's saying hey listen i respect you and i'm gonna walk away at exit stage left over here right and you are going to have to wait for the if, if that's your standard you're going to need to wait for somebody who is going to respect that and walk that out with you absolutely once you get into your mind that somebody doesn't have to be bad in order to be rejected you won't feel bad when you're rejected yes i mean nobody likes rejecting don't get me wrong nobody likes to know hate or no but at the same time, yes, you realize that you're not bad. We got a good question here. I, I, don't, I don't. I hope I'm not. Well, somebody. Skipping. But before, well, before we jump, because were you talking about the one with the mother? No, I was. I was looking at the one more towards the bottom because I'm so slow. Well, somebody asked along the lines of this question: what What is the um, what time within the relationship is it okay to talk about sex? And oh yeah, 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 yeah. The best time in the relationship. <laughs> we. <to, laughs> I'm so sorry. Hey, listen. I'm so sorry. I just got her to watch an old, 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 old she school movie. She had me watching Hollywood Shuffle. And she can't get it out of her mind. Okay. <laughs> yeah, the sorry. best time. And you still do. <laughs> in a relationship to talk about sex is when sex come up. Right. This is this is the thing. <laughs> Baby, we kicking it, babe. Mm, 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 mm. We're hot, we're heavy, we kissing, we we holding, we touching, and then comes that point, or even before that, even before that, because you know how you know your strength or where you can go. Listen, I, I, I don't wait till you get to the hot pot. Don't don't yeah, don't, yeah, don't, don't wait till you get then. to the fire. Don't wait till you get to the fire. But in the conversations, our conversations tells us when sex is coming up. Our conversation tells us when we start talking about our attractiveness or I can't wait to or whatever the case may be, there comes a time where a man is going to stop wooing you uh, int intellectually and he's going to start talking about, hey, listen, you fine. But, hey. <laughs> but, but, but at the same time, it's, it's up on you. And men do this too. It's, it's, it's uh, hey, listen, I want you as much as I think you want me. But I can't have a thing where I, I have a standard or you could say it in a different way but I'm not sleeping with anyone right now because I want to save myself or save myself this time for that one whatever however you want to phrase it the idea <laughs> is to let them know that you desire them as much as they desire you and that it's not an issue of you declining because you're rejecting it's an issue of declining because of a standard that you have in your life does that make sense it does and i also think it comes in phases i think one of the biggest mistakes we make when we are celibate we're like holding on to it like it's a big secret and wondering when's the appropriate time to spill that big secret when honestly everything about you that you 
reveal about yourself is revealed in phases. So in the early stages, you probably want to start by asking them what their relationship is with God, what, you know, what their beliefs are and things like that. Things like that happen to sneak out during those conversations. If it doesn't, okay, that's cool. Let's get to know them some more. You go out on a couple of dates. I think when it becomes a little bit more prevalent is when they want to start just hanging out at your house. When they want you also, can you cook? You know what I'm saying? And you know what, what, what you going to make if I come over, you know, you, I got this new movie on Netflix. You want to watch it? Like, no, all of a sudden those kind of conversations before you get into a place where you're no longer hanging out in public before you get to a place where y'all are not just like only chilling at somebody's house all the time. Those are the times b before that is when you need to have those conversations. And then you need to have a gut check with yourself before I get into a quiet corner. Is it going to be safe for me? Do I know myself enough to know that I can say no and walk away when it gets there too? Absolutely. Because I got to a corner with this thing right here. I'm just like, <laughs> you stupid. <laughs> Look at that. Look at that. You I was stupid. like, you stupid. You so silly. Let's get married. <laughs> Let's Tomorrow. Hurry up. Hurry up. <laughs> Let's get hurry married up. next week. <laughs> the thing is, is that Takara hit on a good point. You're going to know. The point that she's hitting on is that you're going to know based upon conversation without actually asking the question up front. Absolutely. That's called discernment. Yes. And what discern discernment is not a spooky thing. It's not a magical thing. It's not Jesus coming down and tapping you on the shoulder and be like, hey, that boy is kind of, you know, he's kind of hot for you. Right. It's discernment means to test, to prove, to see, to look. That's what it means in all the different iterations it is in the Bible. And so what I'm saying is, is that you want to look, you want to see, you want to check, you want to test and get the answers to that. Now, if you're not looking for answers to that, you're not going to get the answers Amen. whether they come anyway. Yeah. So that's basically where you want to go with that. Okay. Um, and then but, when you marry, you know what you're going to start doing for sex? You're going to look, you're going to see, you're going to test. <laughs> you do it in marriage too. That's how you keep things rolling. Hey, listen, it's all, man, listen, it's all right to be hot for everybody. I mean, you're supposed to be hot for each other. You're supposed to want each other. You po you're not supposed to not want each other because you want that to translate or transition right on the other side of that broom. Right. You don't want to get to the other side of the broom and then not know how to get into each other. That's yes. That's the that's kind of a, that's that becomes a problematic issue that counseling takes care of. I, yeah. You understand what I'm saying? And the counseling comes from uh, comes with the need from from the need of being way too righteous. Well, that's another show. <laughs> that's a whole other show. Any other questions? What was another question? Um, there was another question. Somebody had asked, um, what do you do when your ex's mother is telling their daughter uh, lies about you? What do you do when the ex's mother... So you're, you and your ex has a child, and then the... Then yes. You and your ex... Mm -hmm. Was that a guy? Nope. It what was do you do woman. when the ex's mother... So you and your ex have a child, and the mother of the ex is talking to the child about you. Yeah, and telling lies. Okay, so what is the relationship between you and the, your, the child? That's the first question. The first question is, what is the relationship between you and the child? Because here's the thing. People are going to talk, and we can't control people from talking. Now, if the ex is on board with creating a, a, a barrier around the child and parenting with you or co-parenting with you in a way that doesn't disparage each other, that right. you don't talk about each other, right, right, right. and that you don't destroy each other in front of the child, then work with the other parent. If that parent is not and they're still 
uh, a child themselves, then what you're going to want to do is have a close relationship with the child. Um, I'm going to tell you, children are very smart, okay? Now, they may not act smart depending on what they want from you or what they want from grandma. But at the same time, they know what's what. They know what's real. They know what's necessary. Does that make sense? It does. Can they be manipulated? Absolutely. But that comes with you bring you be, um, building a relationship with the child. If you're, When your relationship is strong enough, nothing can break that or get in between that. Yes, human things happen. People happen. They go through these things in their head. But at one point in time, they'll remember who you are. Does that make sense? It does. And if you have joint custody or shared custody, you always can make a request and even put it in writing that your child is not to go around that person either. Right. Um, I think it's, it's, it's practical. I know that's my mama. How can I keep my mom away from my child easily? Um, uh, really. Um, and you have every right to um, putting a child in the middle of any kind of domestic dispute, whether it's between you and your ex or you and people of their family is still child abuse, putting that child in a situation where they're having to now mentally, uh, work pick through, sides. Yeah. Pick yeah. sides and work through things. It's still child abuse. I wish every couple, whether you were married or not, had to go through the same parenting classes that you go through when you're going through a divorce. Yes. They have a parenting class that tells you about how to work with children and deal with children as you're walking out of a relationship. I wish everybody had that and was forced to do that because these are the kind of things that they talk about. But it is absolutely within your right and as the guardian of that child to say, listen, if your family can't get it together, they will not see my child. And you have the legal right to be able to do that as well. Absolutely. Hopefully that helps. If that didn't help, if you have another, if you have a follow up, just let us know. Thank you for listening to the Soul Ties podcast, recorded live on Facebook and distributed to iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Spotify. Now we can't grow without you, so help spread the love, rate us, leave a review, and share your favorite episodes. Do you have a question that you want us to answer? Well, just drop us a DM on Facebook or Instagram at Ask the Martins or visit AskTheMartins.com. And don't forget to subscribe to the Soul Ties podcast so that you won't miss your questions being answered or any future dope topics. Thank you for tuning in to this week's Soul Ties podcast. We hope you enjoyed the program.